I hope you've been uh, enjoying this series. I'm, I'm grateful, though, that I only have two more chapters to go after today. <laughs> Whew. This has been a, it's been a long one. Of course, there are 22 chapters, so. Uh, I, I'm excited, though, that we're at the part we're at. We're at the end, which is really the beginning for the church and what God's going to do in us and through us. Reading from Revelation chapter 20 today, I want to begin with verse 1, and I typically will be using the New Living, Tra- New Living Translation, NLT, unless otherwise pointed out. You ready? Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit, The bottomless pit is the abyss or the underworld, and I'm going to get into this a little bit heavier here in just a minute. I think I use that word because it's next. And a heavy chain in his hand. So the angel, which many think it could be Jesus, but more likely it's probably like Michael, one of the archangels. He comes down with a chain, he lassos the devil, the serpent, and he takes him to this underworld It says, he seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and he bound him in chains for how many years? A thousand years. Very important that we get this part in our heads. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while, and I'll get into that later. Now up to this point, Satan had been free to pretty much move around and mess with people as much as he wanted. He could go between earth and heaven. I don't understand it, but that's how it looks in the Bible. But here we see, after he's lassoed, after he's chained, after he's drugged down into the deepest of the abyss, there there he will remain for a thousand years. And actually the Bible says that that tomb or that opening is going to be sealed so he cannot escape. He can't even sneak out for a little while like some of you kids do at night. No, no, none of our kids. Some of you kids did. Yeah. Speaking to myself probably. Second Peter 2.4 says, For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell. Now, again, this isn't, this word is Tartarus. And it means the deepest abyss of Hades. And it can be a little bit of confusion in here because it, talks, it throws the, these two words back and forth almost simultaneously, which means hell and Hades. And I'm going to talk about these in depth in just a few minutes, so bear with me on this. So they're, the, uh, they're thrown into hell, Tartarus, in gloomy pits of darkness where they're going to be held until... The day of judgment. So what's going to happen after the thousand years? The day of judgment. Now I already said this, we've already been judged by this point. You and I, the church. But our judgment isn't for punishment, our judgment is for reward. This one's going to be for punishment. So you don't want to be at that end one. You want to be at the first judgment. Amen? Verse 3 says, the angel threw Satan into the bottomless pit 
And then he sealed it so that he can't get out again. He can't deceive the nations anymore for a thousand years. What thousand years? What is the Bible talking about here? The millennium. We call it the millennium in the church. This is where Jesus Christ comes back and he rules and he reigns on earth. This is what it's going to look like. In fact, if there were one word that I could use to describe this, it would be this, peace. Peace. How many would like a little peace? I could use some right now. My spirit is just... If I look at the news, read any kind of articles out there, man, I just... Because the Spirit of God lives in me, and when I see this stuff going on around us, it just makes me... It's like a righteous anger. I just get so... I'm just so disappointed with people. Including me sometimes. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not that you're disappointed with me, but (laughs) you're supposed to point your own finger at you. I like how Isaiah paints this picture. Isaiah 11. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. you imagine that? The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. <laughs> a little child will lead them all. I mean, can you imagine this? Some of our little children, well, they all left, but if they were here, I could point one out and say, this little kid's going to lead a lion. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. It'll look like that, though but not ferocious. Something's going to happen. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. Huh? Do you think things are going to change a little? All right? Verse 8. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. How many would put your baby by the hole of a cobra? I mean, come on. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. That's what it's going to be like during this thousand-year reign. I'll tell you what, I'm ready. Because I get exhausted these days having to deal with all the stuff going on around us. All of God's creatures are going to get along. There's going to be enough food for everybody. And the best part, Satan's going to be locked up so you and I aren't going to be tempted. How many have been tempted this week? Come on, really? Get them hands up. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> you know, we always face little things that, that get us. Little buttons pushed. Things you thought you had under control. And then all of a sudden, that old man comes back out to gnaw at you again. And of course, who's right there to convince you? See, I told you, you're not any different than you were before. And that's what he does. For a thousand years, none of that. No more hearing that in the back of our heads. He's not going to be there accusing us anymore. 
That's going to be nice, isn't it? Hallelujah. If I can, it's going to be pure bliss for this thousand-year period. Verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. So again, God is going to put His people in charge. That's us. His church. Most likely it'll be some of the apostles, but I believe it's also going to be some of you. Some of you are going to be governors, mayors. There are going to be different government structures set up during this thousand-year reign. We're all under Christ, of course, King Jesus. He's ruling this place. But we're all going to have a part. And I think that's amazing. Hallelujah. Where was I? And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the Word of God They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. Listen to this part. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. How many different resurrections are there going to be? Two. The first resurrection and the second. All right? Now, there are going to be different times that people are resurrected in the first resurrection. For us, it's the rapture. And the dead in Christ will rise up with us. Right? And then there are a couple more. I'll get into these in just a minute. So the first is going to include all the believers, Old Testament saints, beginning with Christ Himself. And I have a few scriptures here to back this up. 1 Corinthians 15, 23, but there is an order to this resurrection. Who was first? Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. God looks at this as a harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Then Philippians 3, 21, he is going to take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So we aren't going to be in these anymore. You know, if you're a little skinny or if you're a little overweight, you're going to be perfect when you're in your glorified body. None of us is going to be lacking anything when we get to this place. But we're still going to recognize each other, though. Uh, The next verse that I'd like to share it's John 5, 28, 29. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. So again, Jesus is just saying, the choices you make, as Carrie put it when she prayed for the offering today, the choices you make are going to determine your future. If you choose to live righteously, if you choose to live a good life, of course, under the covering of God's righteousness, then you will be rewarded. But if you choose evil, and we all have that choice, we all make that choice, then you are going to end up not where you want to be. You're going to be judged. The last one, beginning with the resurrections, I wanted to list them, but 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17 and this is the church being raptured 
We tell you this directly, directly from the Lord. We who are living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. So we know they're dead, but listen to what happens next. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the arch, archangel, archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be what? Caught up in the clouds. That, that word caught up means to be snatched. We're going to be snatched off of this earth and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So this is the rapture that we've been talking about. This is going to happen first. The next part of this is shown in Revelation 11, 3 and, and verse 11. And of course, this is the two, these are the two prophets. The Lord sends them to the earth. They go around telling everybody about Jesus. If anybody tries to hurt them, they're just going to look at them and they're going to be toast. But then God's going to let them be killed where the people are going to allow them to remain out in the streets for a few days where their bodies will basically rot. And then instantly he's going to rapture them. They're going to come back to life. He's going to take them home. And then all hell is going to break loose on this planet. That's Revelation 11, 3 and 11. Then Revelation 20, verses 4 and 5a talks about the tribulation saints in the rapture. So let me read that real quick. This is the first resurrection. I want to stop there. How many of you know that when God wrote the Bible through his men that he didn't put the chapter and verses in there. The scholars did that for us. All right? it, they, they felt like this would be a good place to end this verse, start this next one. Well, this is one of those places where it's a little weird. Because it actually talks about this is the first resurrection. It should have been part of uh, verse 4. And then maybe starting with 5. Then the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years. That would have made sense. But it almost sounds like they're both together. And that's not the case here. So just recognize that as we read through here um, that this is the first resurrection is that previous part in verse 4. So it can be confusing otherwise. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended, the Bible says. Those who interpret the Bible literally feel that the second resurrection comes after Christ's reign for that thousand years. Then what we call the great white throne judgment is going to take place. That's the one you don't want to be at. You don't want to be judged at the great white throne judgment. God's going to bring the dead back to life just for a brief time. And they're going to actually be given their glorified bodies, which means their bodies are going to live forever. So even though the Bible says this is the second death, they're really not going to die. They're going to be alive forever to suffer the torment of hell for eternity. So while you may think, well, I can live like hell right here on earth and get away with it, I'm telling you, get your life right with God if you're not. You do not want to miss this glorious rapture that's going to take place. Get your life right with Jesus. I'm telling you, that thousand years and then and we're going to get into this next week and the week after, but the thousand years is going to be followed with the new heaven and the new earth, which God has prepared for us. It's going to be better than anything we could imagine. But you've got to be ready. 
God's given you every opportunity to get ready. What's holding you back? What sin is keeping you from crossing over to God? Don't listen. Don't listen to the nonsense of the devil or the world. If the Bible condemns it, it's condemned. If the Bible blesses it, then it's blessed. Hallelujah. So the rest of the dead are going to come back to stand before God. Listen, you're going to want to be in that first resurrection. And by the first resurrection, I mean the one that happens before the last resurrection. Make sense? Verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who share in the what? See, I told you. Blessed are those who share in the first resurrection. That's where you want to be. For the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. And will what? Poke your neighbor and say, you're going to reign with Christ. Man, we should be so excited about this. Now some of you are going, I've never let anybody in my life. You'll be okay in your glorified bodies. You'll be all right. God will show you how to do this. Jesus will show you. It's not like he's just going to set you loose and say, okay, you go guide New York, or guard, uh, govern New York. No. He'll show us how. So those who are in the first resurrection will help rule the nations with Christ for a thousand years. Who's going to rule? Or who are we going to rule, I should say? The Jews? Because the Jews are going to get saved during the tribulation. And then anybody else that lives during that tribulation period that gets saved, they're going to be a part of the people that we're going to rule. Now, listen to this. You and I are not going to be able to have any more kids. Oh. I know. We can't procreate anymore in our glorified bodies. We can't sin anymore in our glorified bodies. But they can. All right? The ones that come through and that the, the Jews, the Gentiles that come through this, they're going to have children. Well, guess what? Their kids can still sin. The sin remnant is still going to be in them, just like it's in us. Right? So, for this thousand years, these kids are going to be born, and apparently there's going to be a bunch of them, because as we're going to see here in a minute, the last battle between God and the evil forces it says that the, the evil force is going to be numbered like the sand on the seashore. So there are going to be a lot of people that will be deceived. Let's keep going here. Verse 7. When the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Now how many can honestly say, what? Why? Right? Why? Why would God let the devil out? Just keep him there. Let me tell you why. We're going to get into this. He will go out to deceive the nations. 
called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for a battle, a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. So God's going to let the devil out again. I didn't get this, and then I started reading some of the commentaries on this, and what they basically said is, how many know that you're, you, right now, are a free will agent? You get to choose whether or not I'm going to serve God or I'm going to serve the devil. There's no neutrality, by the way. You, you can't be in the middle. You're either for him or God. Jesus said this. You're either for me or you're against me. So if you're for him, you need to live like him. If you're not, you'll probably live like the other guy. Let me share some thoughts on this. Knowing that these people, these, these children are free moral agents, first recognize this. God is going to rule the earth in his own way. We've been taught today, don't spank your children. Even though the Old Testament says, spoil the, spare the rod, spoil the child. None of this modern psych is going to matter in the millennium. Because Jesus is going to rule with an iron fist. What that means is this. I don't think people are going to be disappointed, but if they go too far, somebody's going to put the hammer down on them. It's not going to be you can live any way you feel like living. You're going to either abide by the rules that Jesus sets forth, or you're going to feel it. All right? Are you with me? Let me share this real quick. To all who are victorious, Revelation 2, 26 and 27, all who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with what? An iron rod and smash them like clay pots. That's pretty serious. So people aren't going to be allowed to live immor immor immoral lives. <laughs> they can't live immorally during this time period. God's not going to let, them, let it happen. So we're going to rule with a no-nonsense kind of authority. People can't do whatever they feel like doing or they're going to be put in constraints. So the children born during this thousand years who still have the sin remnant in them are going to be given a choice at the end. They're free moral agents. They get to choose. Am I going to follow after this Jesus guy? who's kept his thumb on me for a thousand years, apparently? Or am I going to live for the other guy? Satan's going to be released, and he's going to convince a lot of these people that they need to follow him. This blows me away, knowing what history has showed us, knowing that no one can defeat God, and yet they're still going to go after him. This third one, Gog and Magog. This isn't, this isn't the Gog and Magog that's going to be just prior to or during the tribulation. That's not that battle. It's not Russia, but it's like the battle that Russia's going to fight. Okay, That's what you need to get here. Because it can be a little bit confusing, and it was to me when I first read this. So realize when the Bible says this, it's saying it's going to be like that, that these armies are going to come against Jerusalem. They're going to try to destroy it, but how many know that's not going to happen? And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But, what? 
fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. How long is this battle going to last? Not long at all, is it? As long as it takes God to consume them with fire. It's useless to fight against the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've all got this image of Jesus back when he walked the earth. This meek, mellow, humble guy that loved everyone. And he did. But there's this other side of God that we don't seem to be introduced to very well in this modern time, and that is the judge, the righteous judge side of God. They're both important. Yes, God loves us, but God will also judge. And he's not going to put up with this. He's not going to put up with this tyranny. The hard-hearted, even though they're going to attempt it, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose quickly. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. Do you remember last week I talked about this? The beast and the false prophet were already thrown into hell. Now Satan's going to be thrown into hell, according to verse 10. There they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Finally, Satan's going to join his comrades in arms. And he's going to remain there forever, never again to spew his deceit, nor will he be able to tempt God's people. That's good news. And I saw a great white throne judgment. Excuse me, I said judgment. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Now this is the end of the earthly dispensation. This is just prior to God setting up the new heaven and the new earth, which we'll get into next week and the week after. Now I picture this scene where everything's going to disappear. It, it'll be like you're looking at a Star Wars video, you know, where just stars or the heavens are just going to disappear. There's going to be this giant throne and everyone is going to be ushered before Jesus. But everyone coming before him at this judgment, they're going to be judged guilty. There's going to be no room for an attorney. There's no need for a prosecutor. The judge has already determined their fate. Now there are different levels in hell. So each person is going to be judged by the amount of light or the lack of light that they had while on this earth. And then they will be put in whatever, whatever depth of hell and the deeper you go, the worse it is. Now understand this. They aren't going to be throwing beers back down there in heaven or hell. It's not going to be party time. Nobody is going to be going, man, I'm glad I made this decision. Uh-uh. Everybody is going to be tormented. But the degree of that torment will be determined by how you live this life. The Hitler's the Satans, they're all going deep. And they're going to be, it's just going to be, I can't imagine, the torment that's going to be placed on them. And they're going to be there, how long? Forever. Forever. How sad it is for those who choose to rebel against God. Verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. 
They're all judged according to what they did on the earth. As I shared in last week's message, the church is going to be judged and rewarded for her good deeds, while those who are judged after the millennium will be punished for their deeds. There's a big difference. So which resurrection do you want to be in? The first one. The sea gave up its dead and death in the grave. This word grave means Hades. It's the place of departed souls. It's a, it's a resting place where the souls are going to go until God raises them up again. Finally, the grave is going to give up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. He is the one with whom, to whom we are what? It doesn't matter what I think about you. Clarence, I, and I do, I think you are, you rock it out, man. You're an awesome man of God. But I don't really know you that well. You know, nobody really knows who we are in that secret place. Right? Only God sees that. But nothing's missed according to this verse. God knows everything. You think you're getting away with something? You're not. God knows everything. Where do you want to live? Heaven or hell? Verse 14 and 15. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. Thrown where? What is that? Hell. This lake of fire is the second death. There's no coming back from this one. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now I want to explain a couple things. The difference between Hades and hell. The Greek for Hades or grave is found 11 times in the New Testament. The Greek for Gehenna or hell is found 12 times in the New Testament. What's the difference? I loved how Dr. Jack Van Impey puts this. How many have ever heard of the Otsego County Jail? Right? That would be the Hades. All right? It's a holding place. They put you there for light offenders, and then eventually you come before the judge, and the judge decides what your punishment's going to be. If they decide that you need a little bit of incarceration, where do you go then? Jackson Prison, Kinross, Ionia. A little more permanent, right? You don't get visitors like you do here in the county jail. It's a rough place, and it's more permanent. Now, Hades is temporary. Our souls will go there until God calls us up. If you're a sinner, it'll be after the thousand-year reign. So you'll be in there for that thousand years plus tribulation if you die soon. Hell is permanent. Hell is forever. Once you're there, there's no getting out. There's no, oh, well, you've served, you've served your time. You, you've been a model citizen in hell. I, I'll let you go. Uh-oh. No. No. You're there forever. Say with me forever. 
forever. I don't think any of us understands this. I don't think we get it. Because if we did, not only would we live differently, but we would be going after our family and friends who are living like they're going to hell. Because they are. Without Jesus. Yikes. In the end, and you may be thinking, how can God be so harsh? God's not harsh. He's just. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they what? Believe, Believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fairer when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead, including them and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they what? Believe in Jesus. Would you stand with me? Revelation is not an easy book. But I don't think it's intended to be. The reality is, eternity is forever. And wherever you land... When this body dies, or hopefully you're going to be raptured before this body dies, your choice is already made. Live with God or not. And if you're not with God, where are you going to be? Gehenna. Hell. Believe in Jesus, or if your name isn't found in the book of life, you're not going into heaven. I'm not up here to beat anybody up today. God's Word does that all by itself. Right? Why do you think God wants us to choose life, to choose Jesus? Because He loves us. And He wants us to be with Him forever. But you're a free will agent. You get to choose Live for God, live for the devil. Live for God, live for self. If you live for self, you're living for the devil. Just saying. So every, every head bowed today. And you might think this is a silly part if you're not used to this, but I believe this is the most important, important part of this service. I just want to ask, if you're ready, if you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are born again, your sins have been forgiven, and you're ready to go when Jesus comes back. If that's you, would you lift your hand up so I can see it real quick? Nobody looking around, though. All right. Hands going up all over the room. That's awesome. And I'd say two-thirds of this room raised their hand. I'm not sure if the rest of you are just lazy or if you're in trouble. 
Because you are in trouble if you're not ready to go. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He rose from the dead, you will be saved. So what that means, and the simplicity of that is that if you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person, He will do that if you mean business with Him. But it's, it's not just a couple words and then you go on living like hell again. you got to mean it. So all heads bowed one more time, please. Nobody looking around, nobody peeking. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I, I feel like if I were to die right now, I'm not sure where I'd go. I might end up going to hell. If you would like me to pray with you, which I'd love to be able to do today, we'll pray the hell right out of you. If you would like me to pray with you today and you know that you're not ready, lift your hand up real quick so I can see it. Yep, yep, yep. Other hands, yep. You can put them down. Any others that haven't put their hand up yet? Now's the time. Now's the time. Anybody else? All right. Saints, I would ask if you would join me in this short prayer. And if you lifted your hand, I believe this with all my heart, if you mean it, God's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to change you in an instant. Heavenly Father, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus and the forgiveness of sin. I ask you today, cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Forgive me of my many sins. Make me a new person today. I give you my life in return for the life that you're giving me. I want to serve you the rest of my life, even in eternity. So help me now to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Wow. When you go out of here today, I hope that you see people in a new light. I hope that you realize you got a choice, heaven or hell. And every person out there has got to make a decision one way or the other. And it's up to us to tell them the good news about Jesus. If we don't, who will? And if they go to hell because we didn't say something to them, the blood is on us. Their blood is on us. So help people to make good decisions. Tell them about what God's done in your life. Can I get a good amen? Lord, again, we thank you for this, the Word of God. We thank you for chapter 20 of Revelation. I pray that throughout this week, Lord, it would just become a part of us. And as we see the lost, help us to just to identify, I know where they're going without Jesus. And God, put the urgency in us to tell people about what Jesus did for them and for me. 
for all of us. He gave his life so that we might have life. And Lord, I pray that this church would be the church and would tell others the good news. And Lord, now I ask that you keep us safe in our coming in and our going. Bless our time of fellowship right after the service. Lord, again, I thank you for everybody that's here today. Get them home safe, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'm glad everybody was here today. I hope you have an awesome week in Jesus. Love you. Have a great week.